Welcome to the Chiropractic Trust Podcast. The Chiropractic Trust has been created to protect, preserve, advance, develop, and adamantly defend practices of straight chiropractors who focus strictly on the location, analysis, and facilitation of correction of vertebral subluxation and ensuring that the choice of straight chiropractic care is made available to all humankind throughout their entire lives. The views of the interviewees do not necessarily represent those of the Chiropractic Trust. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone in podcast world. This is your Chiropractic Trust podcast host, Damien Chisulo, and this is our second episode of Q&A with the board members of the Chiropractic Trust. On this episode, we have two board members, Scott Timpanelli, Scott Timpanelli from South Carolina and Chiropractor Howie from the great state of Mississippi, and we talk in our Q&A episode, basically we did we're going to do a two-parter for starting up a practice. And so this is our, our episode on uh, starting up a practice, the mentality of having a non-therapeutic practice, what are the things you need to know. What we don't go over in this episode, which we'll be going over in a different episode, will be uh, nuts and bolts. How big should the office be? Uh, you know, how to select your fees, how to select a location. So this is not as much nuts and bolts and more uh, the mentality of doing this thing. So it's a really good episode. Scott and Howie uh, and myself, we all wrapped on a uh, an evening after our work hours. So we're all sort of jazzed from our evening in the office and I uh, thought it was a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. And if you would like a, your question answered on a future episode, email me directly at rhinochiropractic at hotmail.com. Again, rhinochiropractic at hotmail.com. Have a great day, everybody. Hello, everyone in podcast world. We have a very special Chiropractic Trust podcast this evening. Um, I have two guests with us, Chiropractor Howie from the great state of Mississippi, and I also have from the great state of South Carolina, Scott Timpanelli. Now, these guys are both board members of the Chiropractic Trust, so they're very versed in having a non-therapeutic style chiropractic office, which is why I wanted them on here. They're experts in this field. And so who better to do our primer on starting a new chiropractic practice or a non-therapeutic practice than these guys. So what we're going to do tonight, it's a little different from our normal, normal interview style. Since we have board members here, we're going to ask them specific questions. They don't really know the questions, uh, but we're going to ask them, in their non-therapeutic office, how do they run it? So the purpose here is very much to help you or help a new practitioner with the common questions that we're always asked all the time. How do you do this thing? How do you make it run? How do you make it run successfully? And so we're going to uh, go through that. And I think the best way to start, and I, I think it's also before we do this, before we get into the nitty gritty, let's take a moment, because Scott, you said a minute ago, when we were revving up here, you were talking about uh, that you've opened a number of practices. So I think there's a, we should have a little bit of a qualifier that more so than uh, these guys are just board members, we should have a little bit of a qualifier. What makes you qualified to answer this question? So, Scott, why don't you go first, or if you want to talk a little bit about okay. yourself or whatever you want, but what makes you qualified to be on this call tonight? Okay, first off, Damien, thank you for doing this. Uh, this is awesome. I just got done with practice tonight about a half hour ago. Um, uh, I've been practicing 21 years, and I came out of school practicing in this model back in 1998. Back then, there were no mentors unless you went to the FSEO trying seminar, and even when you went there, you had to get the right people um, because half of them were saying one thing, half of them were saying the other thing, and I'm not going to go into that now. Um, so I, I, I started off with, with a, um, opening up. I opened up in someone else's office back in 1998. Uh, that lasted about six months, and then I, I took over someone else's practice in 99, um, and then I moved down with Mark Romano in 2001, started that practice almost pretty much from scratch. Then I moved back to Connecticut and started a practice, and then I moved to South Carolina in 2006, so I've been in the same office since 2006, thank God, but I, I've started, I, I mean, pretty much four times from scratch. With, with with just a, without borrowing lots and lots of money, and um, pretty much coming. As a matter of fact, when I came into 
South Carolina here in 2006. I rolled into town on a Thursday, and I was open for business on a Monday. Wow. Basically. Now, I did some prep work on the phone before I came in, but basically I rolled into town, and I was open. Of course, um, the only person who came in that day was uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time and her, her, her brother. Um, <laughs> so I had two visits the first day without even knowing anybody in town. This is before social media was really a way to advertise. So... Yeah, that's a long story short right there, Damien. So I think that makes you more than qualified. You started more practice than uh, certainly me and a lot of other folks. So that's awesome. So ha- uh, how about you, Howie? Um, how did you start? Um, I first came down after school, and I, I worked with Mark Romano in Mississippi. Um, and Scott was actually in the office at the time when I came down here. Um, I've only opened... I started there and then I opened my own practice and I've been in my own practice since uh, 2008. Um, You know, started right during the recession, so that was a lot of fun, Um, a little challenge. But what I think qualifies me to answer this question is, you know, for one, I I really care about the profession and I want to see the profession succeed and, you know, I want to be able to give people the chiropractic care that we as chiropractors receive for ourselves and our families and I want to be able to, you know, give that to all of humanity. And, you know, I go to seminars, I talk to students. um, So I'm really trying to figure out how to get people to understand or even the the chiropractors to understand how to market this idea of non-therapeutic chiropractic, not using chiropractic as a treatment um, like we all do. Um, You know, sometimes it isn't, it's not all that easy. And, you know, if, if, we were practicing the easy model, then of course everyone else would be practicing this model. You know, on the outside, it looks like what we're doing is very easy, but there's a lot of preparations that we've done to make it look easy. Like as you, you all probably know that. <laughs> um, so, I guess that's what kind of qualifies me is is just seeing the students and trying to figure out you know where the pitfalls are with them getting started and um, you know just talking to students uh, I guess that's where I come from when I was so I, I mean I think we all can probably answer this and I'm guessing we all probably answer it in the same way when I graduated I thought I knew everything I thought I was prepared I thought like I expected to be you know a couple months out of practice and probably seeing you know 50 to 100 a week it'd be no problem I was just going to do my thing and and wow the pants off everybody and I was woefully wrong to say the least and I realized that I didn't know anything about anything I mean I like I I knew all my anatomy and physiology and all my book stuff and that's where it ended and and um I got a rude awakening so what do you think um what do you think the students are really lacking. Do you think that's the same today? What do you think the big hole in the game is for new students coming out? Well, I mean, schools, the school's purpose is to prepare you to get a license. They're not, their goal and their objective is not to prepare you to be a successful chiropractor. And what I've found out, that's pretty much the same with most all professional schools. That's their obligation is to be able to give you a license. So I was the same way. I was like, you know, what are these people doing wrong? I would be seeing 100 people a day, you know, and this stuff's easy. And, and I think that's the biggest problem. You know, we all come into chiropractic school with not a real good understanding of chiropractic. Most of us think of chiropractic as you only go when you're hurt as a treatment, and when you're, when you're feeling better, you leave, right? That's what most of us went into chiropractic school thinking that chiropractic was. Thank God I don't do that every day. You know, I take care of people on a lifetime basis, but that's what I thought I was getting involved in. And then you go through the curriculum, and you're like, wait a minute, this is not what I thought it was. You mean, what, chiropractic? Something you should be doing on a lifetime basis? And now... One thing that I started doing is I asked students or chiropractors or whatever, like, hey, Howie, you know, how do you practice? What technique do you use? And I usually start off with, let me ask you all a question first. How often, in the ideal world, how often would you want to get your spine checked and check your family? And across the board, all of them say at least once a week. And, you know, I've been going to DE and things like that, and you see these students that are going to be rock stars. And like you said, they're going to wow the pants off of people, right? Well, I'm still waiting for them to set the world on fire because it's not as easy as you think. You know, we live in this chiropractic bubble for four years. 
everyone in that bubble, it makes sense. Like, you know, you'd be a crazy man not to get your spine checked on a lifetime basis, knowing what we know. And then these rock stars come out of chiropractic school, out of the safety, the safety net of that bubble, that chiropractic bubble, and, you know, people come in like, hey, doc, I got this going on. Well, you know, chiropractic's not about that. It's about life. Life comes from the brain, you know, everyday life and everyday stress. Can you fix this? And the next person, hey, can you fix this? Can you fix this? Can you fix this? And I think eventually the young upstart chiropractors just give up on trying to educate. But what I found is the education is the most important thing. I mean, as Joe D says, you know, the orientation is the most important thing that we do, more important than the adjustment. Because the adjustment can be used in many different ways, as a treatment or a therapy or whatever. But as chiropractors, we know that that's not the purpose of the adjustment. The adjustment is to free up the nerve system to allow the body to function at its optimum best. I mean, that's essentially what chiropractic is. And it seems so simple in school, but then when you come out into the real world, it's very difficult trying to get people that don't understand what we understand to commit to a lifetime basis. Um, But, you know, the more and more you educate, the more you're going to find those people that do want that. So I... And and like I said, I think the education is the most important. So what I would say is that students, I think the most important thing that they can learn is, granted, be be good at adjusting. But the most important thing is that education, that um, the understanding, the philosophy. I think without the philosophy, you're going to have a therapeutic practice. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be because you're not going to be able to explain it in a philosophical way that's going to make sense to people that are going to want to do this on a lifetime basis. Otherwise, it's just going to be a treatment. I guess that's how I look at it. I don't know if that really kind of answered the question, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you know, Damien, can I add to that? Shortly? Of course. Sure. Is what, what, um, what Javi's saying, because I'm not going to duplicate what he's saying, but what I see with the students is that they're lacking especially in the non-therapeutic or moving towards a non-therapeutic model, they're lacking the reality of what can happen when you go out to the pub. See, when you're in school, everybody agrees with each other. Subluxation, subluxation, subluxation. Man, school is great. I love walking around campus, high-fiving each other at life. Everyone knows everybody should get adjusted. And then when you come out to the real world, you start telling your cousin about it, and he gives you a look. And that's the, the students need that reality that you're going to be dealing with people who – are 100% outside in their whole lives where we're going. So just to add that to Howie, because I agree with Howie, what he was saying, is that they need to find some mentors. That's another thing. Students should find a few mentors in the model they're going into. They should be listening to these podcasts, um, coming to events or getting getting on the phone with people, you know, emailing people, getting on the phone, um, being ready for that, the public, that, that slap in the face of the public. It's like walking walking into a 99 degrees, uh, walking into a Mississippi summer from air conditioning. I have a, you, Scott, you're, you're making me think of a question, actually, that I've never heard asked before, and I think it's really important to ask it right here. So here we have this new student who's graduating. They've identified the style of practice they think they want to go into. And so for our conversation tonight, that's going to be a non-therapeutic practice because that's how we practice and that's what the chiropractic trust is all about. If they're looking for a mentor, sometimes the problem is finding the right mentor, as you said. So what questions would, uh, should a new student ask to a potential mentor? How can they decipher that this person has a non-therapeutic office versus, you know, a quote-unquote straight practice, you know, they don't do any therapies, uh, so they call that a straight practice, or someone says, I'm a principled chiropractor, or I'm a this chiropractor, I'm a that chiropractor. How do they differentiate and find who's actually non-therapeutic? Howie, you want to go? Uh, well, how I would answer that is, you know, you're not always going to find the perfect mentor, the person that you want to practice exactly like. And, you know, I hear this all the time, these students that come out and they are going to go open up their own practice. I'm like, come on, guy. You don't even, you have your whole career, you have not even seen as many people as I see in a week. You know what I'm saying? You don't have, you have debt. You have, you know, probably a low self-esteem, you know, a poverty mentality. You know, all these things are going, working against you, opening up a practice. I'll tell you what, I don't know of any beautician that walks out of, you know, 
beauty school or whatever the heck they go to and open up their own practice. You know what I'm saying? They go and work for someone else before they open up their practice. And everyone knows what haircuts are. No one really knows what lifetime chiropractic care is unless you're a second or third generation chiropractor or whatever, or you got lucky and you know, you were in an office where somebody was practicing this way. But for the most part, we have no idea how to set up one of these practices because it's just not taught school. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer my own question, and you guys can agree. Sure, with I'm gonna answer it or, or add to. Oh, go ahead, too, Scott. Scott. Yep, go for it, buddy. Well, I think you know, and I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep this more uh, simpler than that. Is that you want to look at the language they use on their websites? Um, you know, to see if somebody's mm-hmm. a non-therapeutic. You want to look at the language that they use because, um, you know, when you kind of get into that traditional straight, they'll use words like treatment and care plans. You know, non-therapeutic is you need. We're gonna check. I like to check your spine minimum once a week for life. You know, we don't look at stages of degeneration. I don't even call it a care plan. Matter of fact, I don't even use the word holding. I don't like the word holding, but that's a whole other issue. Um, so these non-therapeutic people don't use these words because they know they want to check this person. Like Howie said, you can get your, you know, we check you every day for the rest of your life in a perfect world. Um, we know that that's our focus. So there's certain words and languages that, that we just never use. You know, a lot of times I don't use the word care plan. I don't use the word holding for me. Um, I don't use uh, stages of degeneration. Um, I don't have a. I don't have the instruments to to measure heat because you know to show them that they're progressing. Progressing for what? Well, what? You don't need to be checked anymore. So these little different things. It's very subtle. There's no EMG machine in my office because they see the EMG machine. What you subconsciously do is you say, "Well, I don't need to get checked next week because." Um, Hey, I'm fine. The other thing is I, I don't personally x-ray, and if you don't use x-ray for your technique, if you're using it for your technique, that's awesome, an x-ray. But you subconsciously, when you take an x-ray of the person, you've got to remember what's going on subconsciously. They think that you're going to fix something. That's just my opinion. So those little things, Damien, that you see, the language, their website, those words. But go ahead. You were going to say yeah, something. Yeah, I, I was going to say, so a few things popped into my head based on some conversations I've had in the past and even people I was looking to for mentors. And Joe D said, watch out, ask them this question. So here's a couple questions, easy ones to identify. Are they a non-therapeutic office? Do you take insurance at your office? Uh, and they might say, uh, oh, well, um, yeah, I take a little, like, once in a while I'll take a PI case or I do, you know, uh, this insurance only, but I, it's all cash the rest of the time. Or I give them super bills and I put the diagnosis code on that and they do it. That's not, that's not a non-therapeutic office. One thing we all have in common, a great question to sort of ask that idea, how many new people do you get a week? How many new people do you get a month? So most, most therapeutic offices, and this is a generalization, but most therapeutic offices will have a very high number of people coming in, but because it's a therapeutic office, they're all leaving. So yes. they, uh, don't, so they'll have high, uh, new patient numbers and, you know, think about it, just do the math. If they're getting 20, 30 new people a month, you know, they should be at a zillion visits after a couple years, right? So most of the offices that we have, you know, I get like a, a couple a week maybe, you know, so it's a, a much less than that. And then, um, uh, maybe a question that they might not know offhand, but how long does the average person see you? Like most people in your office, how often do they come in? And then uh, I would role play with them. I think it's a great question. Just say, I've been struggling. I'm trying to have a straight non-therapeutic office, but I'm struggling with these two points. Could you answer how you answer these in a second? I'm going to ask you guys to answer them, okay? Question number one and question number two. Question number one, I want one of you to take one and one of you to take two. Question number one. What do you say when a person is at your table and they say, uh, doctor, whatever, or whoever you want to be called, uh, my low back is really hurting today. I want one of you to answer that. And for the second person, I want you to answer when the person comes in and says, hey, guess what, doc? My headaches have completely gone. I've been coming into you for six months. I used to get headaches every week. I no longer get migraines. Oh, man, you're the best. I love this place. So I want you to, one of you to comment on each one of those. Who wants the pain person? Who wants to be the pain person? Um, I'll, I'll take the pain person. Um, and good question, right. uh, Damien. That's how you want it. Nah, that's fine. So, hey, Scott. Oh, you know, 
My man, my, my low back is kill me today. It's right here, points to sacrum. Right here, right here. It's right here on the right side of, by my belt. It's kill me today. You know, I, before I even answer that, Damien, I mean, some days it depends on um, – because I, I seem to get that more a lot. In my I, get people, I'm, I'm, I get it, thank too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, because people act like no one talks about that stuff. I usually go, listen, remember, I, I usually say, now remember – now, do you want me to leave it alone? First off, I said, do you want me to leave it alone? Are you okay? And, oh, no, 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 it's just that pain. And I'll just say, um, listen, you remember what we talked about. What I'm going to do is get you in alignment. I'm going to check you for subluxations and get your body possibly working better. Your body's going to work better with less nerve pressure. Let's get some pressure off this spinal cord. Let's get you checked for subluxations. And... What I've come to realize is that you have to be – now, I'm sure there's a better eloquent way of saying that, and it's almost like I have to be a broken record in the office, Damien. You just say the same thing over and over, over and over, over and over. And the mistakes I do make, because I don't care how long you've been in practice, the mistakes I do make is, by, is letting that go. Someone who's been coming in for a while, sometimes I let it go because I just had a tiring day, and that's the big mistake I, I, that I make. But I usually just say the same thing over and over. Okay, let's get you back in alignment. Let's get your subluxations corrected today. Get your body healed. Get, get your potential of your body healing better. And that's as much as I can tell them. If they keep going on and on, Damien, I'll say, you know, sometimes you may need something else other than whatever you're doing. This is, there's other things in life besides chiropractic. But either way, uh, you ahead. still need to be getting your spine checked on a lifetime basis. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Regardless of what's going on, right. Yeah, I'm sorry Over. you feel that way. That must suck to, for, your, for your back to hurt. Uh, you know, let's check you out. Let's see if you're subluxated. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, Damien, I think I make, sometimes I make the mistake even of talking too much. But I had someone coming today who, um, oh, it's not working. It's not working. You know, what you're doing is not working. And I said, you know, first off, you just started getting adjusted for two. You've been adjusted for two months. You've been, you've been, you've had these misalignments in your spine probably your whole life since you're a baby, and now you're getting adjusted. And you know, I, I bring the spine out to the person. You know, I bring the spine out to that person. I show that misalignment, the subluxation has no symptoms. But imagine this spine. Imagine this vertebrae being out of alignment for 50 years. You think there might be some structural changes in that, in that joint, and that's really what we what we'll probably get to too. That I lay that out in my orientation. Like part of what I say, I go over a couple examples, and I say, well, what happens if we adjust your spine and you feel better? Oh, that's a good thing. Oh, okay. Well, what happens if that subluxation is attenuating your nerves' ability to communicate? And when I when I adjust you, and there's less pressure on that nerve, that nerve can now really fire on all cylinders. And the pain, which is an agent of healing, the signal increases. What should we do? I use the Reggie line. What should we do? Put all the bones back where they were and subluxate you again? No, this is your body expressing itself. So, you know, and I've, I've set it up with uh, a whole idea of context and, you know, what is it, you know, innate intelligence and what is the body doing and a fever and, you know, all those things. But, Howie, how about yeah, the good guy? How about the guy who the headaches go away? How would you answer, um, you know, the, the, I think that's a real statement of a uh, what is a non-therapeutic office. You know, the guy who the headaches go away in a therapeutic office, he's going to hand them the testimonial paper and say, write down your testimonial. How can you, how can we help? Who else do you know with headaches, Bob? You know, so uh, how do you answer that? Well, first off, it, it all starts in the orientation. All right. You know, I have plenty of people that come to me that have been to countless chiropractors, and it's the first time they've ever had to sit down and actually get educated on what chiropractic is. Um, one thing that I've been doing lately is, like, when I first start them off, I start with, you know, what brings you in the office, of course, and blah, blah, blah. And then, so, you know, how was your experience with chiropractic? Okay, great. Now, what is your understanding of chiropractic? And that's been a big eye-opener for me because basically – not very many people have any clue what it is that we do, which is understandable because they've never been educated, right? Um, but so I think it all starts with that whole first contact, that orientation, the consultation, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that education is the most important. Now, as far as 
headaches and things like that. Honestly, I really don't really, you know, people come in like, oh, look, look what I can do now. You're like, okay, great. Um, get on the table. <laughs> I don't do cartwheels over it. Like, I think sometimes that frustrates people because, you know, they're excited about it. But I don't want to reward them with, oh, so great that your symptoms went away. You know, that, that's not what we're doing, you know, obviously. And and so sometimes it is. It's a, it's a tough question. Um, but usually what I'll do is just be like, oh, you know, I'm glad to hear it. But remember what we're doing. You know, it's not about that. It's, you know. And like what Scott was saying, like say, you know, somebody comes in and they got a low back problem, right? And they're, you know, you're checking their spine like, oh, right there, right there. And by then I've already done their thoracics or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, remember up here, you know, where you really weren't complaining about it. But, you know, these upper area control things like your lungs, your heart, you know, things like that. Pretty vital stuff, right? But yet you weren't complaining about this, but yet you were subluxating. And I just try to show them that these subluxations are present without them even knowing it. You know, granted, there's certain areas that they do know, but, you know, I try to put it into perspective that there's plenty of other areas that they weren't complaining about that they were subluxated, and that's interfering with their quality of life. And I always try to go back to that whole, you know, you're subluxated, you know, no matter what, how you feel, this is what you need to be doing. And granted, most people don't come in my office talking about complaints. I don't know if they're scared to talk about complaints with me um, because they just know that it's not going to go where, anywhere. Um, but, you know, I, I talked to Joe D about it, and one time I was talking to him, and I was just, he was like, over 50 years, and I'm thinking, damn, I hope that things change before I'm in practice for 50 years, because I don't know, you know, sometimes it's difficult, you know what I'm talking about, just trying to deal with people and trying to get them to rethink how the body works, but it also, on the other hand, though, when people do hear it, and they're excited about it, that makes you excited, like, oh, great, finally someone gets it, right? Um, but one thing that Joe D, you know, has talked about, and I was just like, oh, man, 50 years, I can't believe, you know, I, I hope things have changed before that. And then I started thinking about, it, like, you know, as difficult as it is, at least I don't have to listen to people's complaints. And then Joe makes a funny joke about, like, you know, Mary coming in and, oh, you know, oh, this, this little back's killing me. You know, Mary, I wish it would because I'm getting tired of listening to it. <laughs> you know the classic Joe D, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, but you know, if I had to deal with aches and pains every day, who knows? Something like that probably would eventually come out of my mouth because, you know, it's it's well, it's tough dealing with that. I can't imagine dealing with that every single day. Every single person that comes in my office got a bitch, and I, yeah, I just you know, cannot imagine that. And, and you know how it's not like you're doing something different. You know, like the person's been coming in for a few months and they ask the same question. <laughs> We don't have any special rooms. There's no special rooms in the office. Right, right. With, uh, and, you know, with, uh, it, it always goes back to the same answers. Like you said, it's like a broken record. Um, you know, we got to repeat ourselves over and over and over. But, you know, a lot of us didn't have a good understanding. How many times did we have to listen to some of this stuff before we were like, oh, that just makes sense. But we didn't always catch it the first time and understand, like, no, I got this problem. You know, fix this. You know, so we, we got to remember that they're clueless. And, you know, majority of the profession has never educated these people on the importance of doing chiropractic on a lifetime basis. Um, because let's be honest, most of the profession right. doesn't work for people. They work for insurance companies, um, unfortunately. And, but uh, I, you and, and and not to not to attack the profession or anything. I understand. Like I said, it's not easy trying to educate people. I mean, hell, I've been doing this for 15 years, and you still got to keep going back to these same conversations with some people. Some people you never ever have to have a chiropractic conversation with them again. You know, they've been coming to me 15 years, week after week, year after year. Yeah, I talk yeah. about whatever they want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Um, that we never talk about chiropractic because it's not necessary. They don't necessarily have to understand chiropractic to the level that we do, but you're going to get the benefits regardless of right. their education and understanding if they keep coming in week after week, year after year, decade after decade. And, That's um, the most important thing. Yep. And Damien, what Howie just said is perfect, man. What we, you asked the first question at the beginning of the podcast about new, about new students. They have to be prepared, you know, that practicing in this model, um, 
this stuff is it, it, it's going to come up throughout their career. You know, and they have to be prepared for um, what, what I wasn't told in school is, is, is prepared to, to have some rejection in your life. Um, it, it's, it's part of practicing. I think it's part of practicing chiropractic. I don't care what model you're in, and there's more of it in this model. Um, that's what I wasn't told in school. That was kind of a shock to me the first five years of practice. And you just got to be that broken record. My mother called me a broken record, by the way. (laughs) Well, another thing is I think that you need to develop scripts. A lot of people think, oh, scripts, you know, oh, you've got to. You're a damn professional. You've got to have scripts. And eventually when people ask you enough of these questions, you eventually cater a script towards those questions. Like, okay, run this program, run this script. And, you know, sometimes it feels like you're a broken record when you're in the consultation or whatever, but there's a reason you have the script because it works. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't move entry uh, off the script. I'm, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm the opposite. A lot of those one line. Oh, What's that, Damien? I was going to say, sort of polite, politely disagree. Like, I had a script when I had a uh, practice coach and um, and I hated it and I hated the feeling of being scripted. However, I think, you know, and maybe it's a script, if this is a script that I'm, I'm wrong, but you need a way to intelligently answer these questions in where you're not talking too much and you're just giving a basic, simple, to the point answer. And a great, one of the best bits of advice I ever heard when I was converting to this practice, what type of practice was, um, when you get asked those questions and you're not sure, try to give your best answer that you can at the spur of the moment. And then when that person walks away, write down their question and then think right. about their question and how you would do a better job answering it next time. The next and eventually, time. Right. yeah, and it won't take too long and you'll have hit all the major questions that you're always asked, but right. you'll come up with really good answers for it. And one-liners. Yeah, yeah little, little yeah, one-liners you, you, that are per- polite and to the point right. and professional. And, right. you know, so that's a script, I guess. Scripting is... Yeah, it's a uh, script. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, well, I mean, it's pretty much a script. Your consultation and things like that, like I said, it, you know, it feels like you're not being genuine, but like I said, you got to be able to get all the information there. You don't want to be rambling and all over the damn place because that doesn't look very professional either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to get you to want to a... make sure that they know that you're an authority in what it is that we do. We're authorities in chiropractic, and you've got to make sure they understand that. I want to get to Sorry, a little what? bit of uh, a little bit of nitty gritty here. Uh, I want to close off the kind of like how to choose a mentor conversation by saying one thing Joe D always would tell me uh, as a question to ask a potential mentor. Ask them, can I come and visit your office? Because someone will tell you, um, you know, they'll tell you, and he told me this, and it was absolutely true. He'll say, they'll tell you to your face, they'll stand up on stage at a seminar and say, I don't take any insurance, and I have a non-therapeutic practice, and I'm this and I'm that. And then you'll ask them to visit their office, and they'll say, well, why would you want to do that? Nah, I don't really do that because you'll just see me adjust a bunch of people. That's a great thing to do. I would love to, I would have loved when I was starting out to sit in an office that was seeing a hundred a day or more and see what does that look like? How does this person have all these conversations that we're talking about right now? How does that look? You, you know, when you're super busy, you can't give a long answer. You have to be really good at giving something precise that makes that person feel listened to. So ask your potential mentor, can I come and visit your office and make sure they're uh, up to snuff. And it's nothing against them. You're not condemning them or judging them. You're just trying to find the right person for you that's going to give you the, the most help. So I want to go over a couple of um, nitty-gritty things because I don't want to go too long um, without touching on some of the like protocol things that we do. So a lot of new, new doctors or new practitioners to this style have questions like, what do you do in this case? What do you do when the phone rings and they ask a question? So what I want to do is basically just ask you, you guys, uh, we want to go over the, before we're done, I want to go over the phone. I want to go over basically what a new visit looks like in your office. And I want to, uh, and if you do kind of the orientation or what you do, you don't have to give it, but like, how do you weave that in? And then maybe look, what would the first or second visit look like in your office after that? And then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll probably be out of time by then. So, um, so first question I think is when a new person, now we're, we're probably going to do another call another time and, and divvy this up with like, you know, marketing and how to set up your office and how much should you spend? 
and what stop, kind of office and setting up your hours. But let's go over a little bit of procedure. Like, so new person's on the phone. I think the most common question that people ask in this style practice is the phone picks up, you ring, hello, this is XYZ Chiropractic, and their first question is, do you take my insurance? Hi, I want to come in and set up an appointment, uh, and do you take my insurance? So how do you guys answer you know, the, that question? You want to go first, Scott? Yeah, I'll keep that. I'll do that because um, I have a different approach than a lot of uh, that I've heard from like Mark and different people. Um, I, I just be brutally honest with people up front on, on, on the phone. I go, no, I don't do any insurance in the office, but if you have six, give me 60 seconds. Let me tell you what I do. And, and I give them a brief synopsis of my fee system and how it's the greatest thing on earth. And let's make an appointment. Come on in. Uh, so uh, I've heard all the answers over the years. That makes it comfortable. I just come right out and say, I don't, I don't take any insurances in the office, but do you have 60 seconds? And let me tell you why I'm better than going to an office with insurance. Most people, Damien, first off, most people, I don't get that question much anymore, but most people will say, yeah, okay, tell me what you do. And I'll give them a synopsis of the fee system. Listen, I do monthly fees. I have membership fees, um, $120, uh, unlimited for a month. Um, I have other packages from there. And I just give them a little nuts and bolts on that. And um, and lately, I, I, I'll tell you, lately, I've been flirting with the idea of doing a um, consultation on the phone for, for five, ten minutes. And people say, get him in, get him in. And I'm like, lately, I'm noticing that in Greenville, South Carolina, time is the biggest factor here, not money. Um, it's time. So that, that's what I've been noticing lately. But that's my answer to the insurance, uh, Damien. That's cool. I like it. And like you said, you know, when you've been practicing for a while, these newbie questions don't happen as much. Uh, people, you know, they, they, you get more what you would call in business pre-qualified people, right? So, you know, yep. their, their neighbor down the road is referring them. They kind of know the deal already. But the, the new practitioner will definitely get tire kickers and people asking this stuff. So, Howie, how do you answer that question? I mean, yeah, like I get students ask me that a lot. And, you know, a lot of times they're like, no, I'm like, no, that's not how you answer that question, right? You don't just say no because it's the end of the conversation. You know, when people say, hey, do you take my insurance? I say, well, I take people. I make my fees affordable so everyone can receive the care that they deserve, charging $35 a visit, or we can do an entire month of care for only $150. That month would cover you every day, twice a day, as much as you can get in. Would you like to set up an appointment? And and that's pretty much how I do it. And I don't know if I agree with Scott. I think the most important part of the whole phone call is to get their asses in the office. He, I don't feel that you should answer any questions really on the phone. The most important thing is the purpose of the phone call is to get them in your office because you become an authority as soon as you're behind that desk and you're given the consultation. That, that's just how I look at it. I mean, you know, of I, course, I can't I'm disagree. Not, yeah, I like uh, – I, I've modified how I do it. I used to do – I used to say uh, – right? So I never like my first word out of my mouth to be no because I think that's a no. negative idea, right? So I'll say – Actually, my office is set up so uh, that we don't need insurance. And then I would used, used to just get quiet and just let them go on, you know, kind of like the next person who speaks loses, you know. And then <laughs> now what I would do, I do a little more. Uh, I say, actually, my, in my office, we do a, a pay by the visit or pay by the month. And I say, this is, you know, this is the visit and this is the month. And... And that's how I do it. And what I have found and the folks who I choose to work with have found is that if they pay that way, it's often much cheaper than their insurance, for example. And I'll break down my month fee and I'll say, you know, for, for this, breaks down to this much a week and you can come more than once a week. You can come every day I'm open. There's no insurance that'll give you that type of coverage. And so for this, I, the folks I choose to work with who like working with me love the freedom that that gives them so they get all the care they need. And like, you know, nine times out of 10, the person's like, oh man, that's awesome. One time out of 10, they're like, okay, thanks. And they hang up and, and that's right. okay. You you're, you don't want in, in this office, <laughs> yeah, you don't want everybody. You want, you know, you want people who are uh, at least in the rhythm of wanting to accept what you have to offer, you know? Right. Uh, so then they come in. So now we're up to, we're up to 
day one here. So the new person comes in. Would either of you like to tell me what it looks like in your office for that new person when they come in and they're, they're going to fill out paperwork? And how that looks on the first day? Um, go ahead, how, how yeah, yeah. You want me to go? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I welcome them. Hey, you know, I'm Howie. How's it going? You know, come on back. Um, you know, be and not to interrupt you, Howie. Not to interrupt yeah. you. Sorry. Um, do you schedule your new people uh, yes. when other people are there, or is it a, a private time? Oh, okay. The... I, I do a one-on-one -on -one con consultation. Um, basically, I, I, I set up appointments during the time when I'm working. Um, I don't do group orientations or anything like that. I do one-to-one -one consultations, just just how I like to do it. Um, I like it to be during my office hours so they can see your kids coming in. Um, they can hear the conversations that, you know, people aren't coming in, complaining, and, you know, I'm not fixing problems. So they know and understand that. And, and plus, they see people coming in and out and in and out five minutes. So they're like, okay, I might be here for a half hour, but at least I know after today I'm going to be in and out. Um, so I think that's why I like doing that, just to show them how easy it is. And, you know, after today it's going to be so simple. You know, it's, you're, you're going to love it. Um, so that, that's kind of how I do it. I, like I said, I, first day they come in, you know, I offer them a water, you know, hey, you know, get something to drink, let them know it's going to be the longest visit. And then basically my consultations broke into three things, like, you know, the you know, what brings you in the office, and we go through that. And then if somebody walks in, I go take care of them. And then I got, like, the meat and potatoes of a little history about the profession, a little bit about myself, and then that breaks up, and if someone comes in, I go and take care of them. Um, and then the third part of my talk is the fee structure, and then my recommendations. And then I'll go and see somebody if someone comes in, and then the last part of my uh, consultation is uh, is um, basically how the body works. And that's how I do it. Um, and then, you know, they fill out paperwork, and then I go through a few more things, um, explain to them, you know, after I adjust them, you know, what to expect and um, things like that. Um, so I, I just try I I over-educate, but I, like I said, I, I just think the education is the most important thing. So some people probably get annoyed at me going over-educating, but a lot of people appreciate it because, like I said, they don't usually get that in most chiropractic offices. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of how I structure it. And it also sets a nice framework, right? Because then when they have that uh, – so here's another thing that people confuse with our style practice, a non-therapeutic practice. They think, oh, well, you, you think you do your orientation and people get it. No, of course they no. don't. Most chiropractors no. don't get it. But my orientation or consultation, however you do it, is so in-depth, it provides a great framework for – it's a jump-off point. It's a foundation. So you say, hey, remember when we first met that day and we were talking about this? And now it gives you a chance to go back to – and they go, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, so you're, you're reinforcing something that you set up right with them right from the start, you know? Right. Uh, how about you, Scott? How do you, how you do it in your place? Cool. Uh, good stuff, Howie. Um, I always learn other stuff when I listen to you guys. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm only dealing with about 275, uh, 275 square foot office, right? And so I've decided to make a change where I'm basically, I'm wide open now. I, I, I just come to grips with it. I'm wide open. Um, I don't do any appointments anytime. New people can walk in anytime they want. And I know there's some things there about the power, like Howie and I talk about this all the time. But until I get a bigger office, uh, this is why I've been doing it for years. New person comes in. I say, hey, how's it going? You've been, uh, how'd you find out about the office? I want to find out how they found out about the office. Um, they tell me. I said, hey, grab a seat. And what I do is I pre-frame the visit, basically. I just say, um, here's how the first visit is going to work. You know, the first visit takes anywhere from 10 to uh, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending on how... Um, long we're going to work together. Uh, I do a one-on-one. -on -one. I say, if we, you know, you walked in, no appointments. That's great. Great to see you. Um, and uh, if we get interrupted, I'm going to take care of my regulars. Are you okay with that? I ask them, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. And then we get started. What brought you into the office? And uh, I really try to get some questions in there to them. What brought them in? I want them to feel, I want them to get everything off their chest as much as they can. I won't ask a lot of open-ended questions, though. Uh, 
Damien, I won't ask a lot of open-ended questions, but, um, you know, I want to get some things, you know, some points, maybe some work stress, some uh, car accident stress, some different stresses they had in their life, um, different things like that. And and then I say, okay, let's begin. And I have, unlike Howie, I have like an introduction to, to um, that's kind of my intro. And then I go into the more of a body of the consultation, which is, you know, the same stuff we all do, the bone and the nerves and the nervous system and the, maybe some chemistry of life, um, different things like that. Uh, from there, uh, you know, a lot of chiropractors come out of school kind of know this stuff already. You know, your 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 basic body, your 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 spine, your anatomy, your um, subluxation, what causes subluxation, things like that. Uh, never know when we're subluxated. All the different things that we do, we all know that. Um, then I go into basically, uh, what do I rec- at the end of the consultation, the third part. What do I recommend? Here's what I recommend. That's when I sit down with them and I have a sheet. I have all these sheets out and I go over my recommendations. And then I show them the fee packages. Um, I show them three different fee packages. I do buy the visit. I have a per visit fee. Um, My goal on the first visit is to get them to go the month. That's my goal, to get them to go the month. I want you to go the month. After that, um, I jump off of that. During the month, I try to get them to become a member in the office, you know, through educating and, and things like, like or just exactly what you guys do, you know. But that's my goal on the first visit. It's very similar to what Howie does. Uh, probably the only difference is right now is um, I'm, I, I kind of call my – like Gene Flynn is one of my buddies and mentors. I'm just wide open in the office. Uh, I'm there 11 to 1, 3 to 7, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm wide open. Come at any time. I, had, I got a new guy coming today, and he had to wait. And I'm, I took my time in the consultation, so he's probably there for 40 minutes. So this is the way it is. Um, I used to try to schedule people on the phone, and I find that it was just it was stressing me out more than, um, than than anything. So I was just, hey, I'm open 3 to 7. Come on by any time. Realize that you might have to wait. Um, it might take anywhere from 15 minutes to a half hour. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Boom. Bingo. So that's pretty much my first visit, Damien. That's cool. Uh, it's funny. What, what? Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Howie. No, go, go ahead, Damon. I was going to say. I was. I was going to say how I uh, do it, but the okay. one funny thing is, um, on my first visit, I one thing you're not allowed to do. It's funny how we all do it a little bit differently. I will never let someone pay for a month on their first visit. Period. End of story. Even if they want to, I tell them no, and I'll explain that in a second. But so what I do cool, is when, cool. When, yeah, it's funny how we all came to our own conclusion that works best for us. The um, so when someone comes in, I explain their. Uh, the intake form, I actually go over it, and it's only two sides of a paper, but the first side is your history, and I tell them I'm going to ask you questions based on what you write, so even if there's distant past, you know, like you used to be a skier and you broke both your legs or something, I want to know that, uh, even if it was 20 years ago, and... And then I go over the back side of the sheet, which is basically my terms of acceptance. And I literally go over it because I know they're not going to read it otherwise. And I want them to know that, like, this is a serious piece of paper to me that when you sign at the bottom, this is what's going on. So the first paragraph says that I'm going to look at your alignment. I'm looking for something called a subluxation. After that, we'll do an adjustment. And even if you've been adjusted before, I'll explain to you how I do things so you feel totally comfortable with my technique. And I tell them the next paragraph is very important to my style of practice. It basically says I'm not a medical doctor. And so I tell them I'm often asked, especially in the beginning for people who don't know me or how I practice, they'll ask a medical question. And it's an innocent, and I'll say it just like this. I'll say it's an innocent, well-intended question. But so for example, they'll say, boy, I'm getting headaches. I don't know why. And I'll tell them that is a medical question. It requires a diagnosis, and that's not what is done here. Or they'll say, boy, I have pain running down my leg. Do you think that might mean I have a herniated disc? That requires a level of diagnosis, and that's not what I'm doing here. I'm just checking your alignment today for subluxation. Does that make sense? And then wait for them to answer. And I say, and, um, and you'll see on this paragraph, I don't do any insurance billing. This is a wellness office. So it's set up very differently. And I'll explain to you more about that before we do anything today. And then on the bottom, then I have a highlighted thing and I say, uh, 
This is the last appointment you'll ever make in this office. After today, I'm going to give you a card, and you can, uh, I'll give you suggestions of how often I'd want to see you, but you're welcome to come in anytime during these open hours. However, the only way I can pull that off is I do an orientation twice a week. It's free of charge. It's part of the care. All these people around you have gone to that. And so before you sign the paper, I need you to circle one of the two times which one works best for you, okay? There's a bathroom back there if you need it. There's water in that jar. Have a seat, and I'll, uh, I'll give the people I already know priority, and then I'll kind of weave you into the mix, and they're cool with that. And then so I go after that. So I do a separate day orientation, but then when I meet with them, I still do a little bit of the – this is what I'm looking for on you today. It's a subluxation. It doesn't have to do with your pain. It has to do, you know, and I kind of go over these a basic, you know, here's the spine kind of thing. And, that, and then I do an orientation on a separate outside of hours day. But, um, but, and then so when they're leaving, I say, uh, for today, it's just the charge for the visit. First visit is $50. And I say, here's the charge. After today, you can pay by the visit or you can pay by the month. The first month's a little more expensive. But if you decide when you come back after your orientation, if you want to do a month, I'll apply what you paid today towards the month. And that's how I do it. Very cool, Very man. Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, it's funny how we all do it. It's a, like we're doing the same thing. Yeah, we're doing the same thing, just a different way. How do you guys do, uh, real quick, because we're, we're kind of getting tight on time for tonight, but how do you guys do frequency in your office? I'm always curious. I never ask people that question. But So when a new person starts, what do you tell them for how often you'd want to see them? Well, I tell everyone, like, after I explain the fee structure, I talk about my recommendations. And here's what I say to everyone. In an ideal world, I'd want to see you twice a day for the rest of your life. That would be ideal. Obviously, that's probably not going to be very realistic. To be more realistic, I say the first month, get in here as often as you can, twice a day if possible. That's just the beginning. After that, I want to see you at least once a week for the rest of your life. Of course, you could keep on coming in twice a day. I'd be happy to see it. Don't feel like you'll be taking advantage of me. It's what your body needs. It's what I'm willing to provide. But ultimately, the choice is totally up to you. I'm not going to be your mama. won't be calling you up. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a strong, a firm way to say it. And, and I, I try to throw humor in there, like, you know, I, I'm not here to be your mama. I'm not trying to run your life or anyone else's life, you know. I, just, I try to throw a little bit of, you know, humor in there. You know, some people get it. Some people, it's kind of dry humor, but yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, of, though. that's just me. That's a, Jedi, that's a Jedi comment right there to new practitioners listening. When I was really young in practice, I would try to answer everything like with a super amount of professionalism and like logic and science behind it and you get into all that crap. That's not what they want to hear. They, you know, they, if someone hem, hems and haws about my coming to the orientation or something, I say, I know it's the only hoop I'll ever ask you to jump through. It's really a talk about you and your body and how it works. The last 15 minutes, I try to sell you a timeshare. So don't pay attention to that part. <laughs> just it and like, I have the most success saying stuff like that. They laugh and they're okay. And like, before I used to be like, this is why you need to come. And I was like all proper about it. And then like you say a joke and they're like, you know, like life's too short. They like, they get it. You're not trying to beat them up. You know, you're, it's in their best right. interest. So right. anyway, but how, what do you do Scott, uh, Scott for frequency? How do you tell them? You know, I'm pretty much uh, very similar to Howie. I, I, I can't, I can't digress. I mean, I'm pretty much the same thing. Um, you, you, you know, in a perfect world, you can get checked every day. I'm open. I'm available for, I'm available four days a week. Holly's available six, you know, every day I'm open, you can get checked. Uh, let, let's see you more frequently the first month or two. If you can get in here two, three, I'd say, you know, get in here at least two to three times a week for the first month, every day if you can. Um, after that, keep coming. Keep coming. You know, I, I, my recommendations are a minimum of once a week for life. Um, I don't have access to other to chiropractors around Greenville, so I, I get checked one to two times a week. Um, but if I if I was with a partner, somebody was in my office, I'd probably get checked every day we see each other, you know, if we have that, that time. Um, but, Damien, I like the way, you, you know, I like the way you get them, um, what you do too, with the, um, that, have them do that first visit, have them come that night. So they, they paid for that visit and they get adjusted and they, because and they, you, you, you kind of weed out who's, who's a little more serious than, than who's not serious, you know? Yeah, I always say, the way I say it, or why I say it that way is I say, look, there's no penalty to just paying for the visit today. You're not losing out on anything. And I know that if you walk back through that front door, I know you wanted to do it because you wanted to be here. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
you know, and the one thing we, the one thing I don't do when I make my recommendations is I don't set it up like it's, and I tell the people this, and I kind of joke around with it, like how we, I go, you know, there's really no, I go, you know, there's no fix here. There's no end goal. Like there's no, this is a, this is a lifetime thing. If you, whatever you decide to do is what you decide to do. You're making that decision. My recommendations are, I, we want to check your spine throughout your life. I said, there's no end goal in this, in this, these recommendations. You know, a lot of chiropractors, when they say, well, I want to see you three times a week, and then we're going to reevaluate. That word reevaluate sets up the subconscious thought in the, in the patient's mind, the practice member's mind. Oh, I'm getting better, so I'm going to end. Because, you know, people are brought up, you don't go to a doctor twice a week for life, Damien. You know, right. So th- I think the language is important. You know, it's just uh, there's little things like um, you know, we'll reevaluate. So there's no reevaluation in my office. You either have a subluxation or you don't. So that's as much as I can say right now. Like eight thirty yeah. at night. Yeah, and oh, doing you know, <laughs> doing reevaluations. You know, it's like you know all the healthy maintenance things you do in your life. That's just me. You don't reevaluate when you're working out. Every time is a reevaluation. You go work out, you see right. how you do that day. You don't reevaluate when you're brushing your teeth well, every day. You're sort of like you just yeah, do it like, again. You know. Yeah, it's like the word examination. You know, you guys don't do an examination. Yeah, I do it every time you lay on the table. You want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, do a chiropractic examination, right? So we are getting late. It is 8.30. We have all worked a full day today, uh, and we covered a lot of ground here. I think we did a good job. Kudos to us. Pat's on the back. Well, can, I, um, can I say one last thing, Damien? Well, it's funny, that you, to... it's funny that you say that because I assumed that you would have one more thing to say. So I was just about Let to ask. Too, if anyone has anything to add, feel free uh, – this is a great episode, by the way. We're, we're going to do another one of these. But, yeah, go ahead. Give your, give your final thoughts, Jen. Um, well, this, this is, this is um, something that Joe D. shared with me. And, you know, for the longest time when people would come in my office, like, hey, you know, they'd just be walking. They're like, oh, great to see you. Come on. I'd drop whatever the hell I was doing, even if I was in the middle of whatever I was doing. Oh, come on back. You know, I'm happy to see you. You know, I'd go through the consultation. And one time I was talking to Joe, and Joe was like, oh, you got to have an appointment. He's like, even if they come in, there's no one there or whatever, he's like, you know, you got to schedule an hour and a half to two hours later. And, you know, I was like, all right. And so I started doing it, and it's made a huge difference. I mean, sometimes people don't come back, but they probably weren't good, a good fit for your office anyways. Um, but what I, agree. I learned from doing that is that – if you're taking people as they walk in, you're taking them on their terms rather than chiropractic terms. So if you set it up for an appointment, now it's on chiropractic terms rather than their treatment terms or whatever it is that they're coming in to get something fixed, if that makes any sense. And so I've been doing that for a year or two now without doing, you know, walk-ins. Um, you know, when people walk in, I'm like, well, you know, it's by appointment. You know, I set you up something for later today. Um, but, yeah, that's that's – it's been huge for me, um, and it's just it sets the the groundwork for what it is that we're going to do, um, and that's something I learned from Jody. Um, but basically, I won't get into the details. But I had a nightmare story, um, you know, the Wednesday before Joe told me that, and I'm like, you know, that probably wouldn't happen that way. And then, of course, after Joe told me over the weekend, that Monday, guess what? The first person who walked in was a walk-in, right? It's, I love how oh, like, right. you know, God, awesome. God challenges awesome. you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, was he paying attention? Let's see if he was paying attention. Let's ro- roll some dice over his way and see what he does with I it. I like that idea. You know? I like that idea. I like that idea. But he yeah. just come back in a half hour, yeah. Yeah, like he, you know, idea. just ho- however it is. But, like, this yeah. guy was all shook up when he first walked in. You know, I could see his shirt was vibrating. You know, he had a bad experience with another chiropractor, I guess. And, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I know it doesn't look busy right now, but I got people get ready to come in here. You know, you think you come back at, you know, I open at 8. Can you come back at 9.30? Oh, yeah, I got some errands to run. I'll be back. And he was a completely different person when he came back. So I, I just, like I said, I, I love those those challenges that the universe sends you. It's it's it always makes me laugh. You know, I, of course, I had a little giggle after I. Of course, I love how it happens, right? So, anyway, that, that's just what I wanted to add. I I thought that was a great you know thing that Joe taught me. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, that guy's brilliant. I mean, of course, of course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And one last thing for me, Damien, is um, 
students have to know that the three of us talking tonight, I actually picked up some ideas. This is a, this is a process. Practicing in this model is, is very rewarding because you are the boss in the office, and you take things from everybody, and you adapt it to yourself, and you go, huh, I like that thing, how he said, eh, I like what Damien just said. I like what Scott just said. Um, and the last thing I'll add is that yeah, I, I had kind of a challenging day in the office today, but the, this podcast put me in, doing this put me in a good mood. So um, I'm in a lot better mood from from talking to to my boys about about chiropractic, which we, a lot of times people don't realize we don't we don't do enough. It's true. I was sitting here listening to this. I was like, man, it'd be awesome. Like this is the conversation I would have if we decided to talk chiropractic sitting around a fire or something. It was uh, it was very nice. Yep. And um, fireside chat. Man. Yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with what you guys said, and I can't wait to listen back to this where I can actually hear it and concentrate a little more and and pick up some more of the tips. And so, uh, and I think one last thing, if I was going to add my last little tidbit is what Joe D has taught us all, and he's been such a wonderful mentor for all of us. When you're building a practice, or you know, I think maybe converting a practice might take a little bit less time, but when you're building a practice from zero you have to look at it as the long haul, three to five years. So you're going to build this thing for three to five years, but hopefully at the end of three to five years, you've built something that is sustainable and it's solid and you have a a wonderful foundation of people who um, are big fans of yours. And it's not about getting people, it's about keeping them. So after five years, you'll have built something, but it takes a while. Like you're not going to do it in two months. You're not going to, and you know, that was a, a big lesson that I had to learn when I was, you know, starting. So, well, uh, Howie right. and Scott, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate this at the end of the day. Um, you guys are busy guys. You're tough to, it's tough to get all three of us on the schedule for an hour, but we did it. And so, uh, kudos to us boys. And I can't wait to listen to this one back and I hope people get something out of it. Right. Well, I appreciate awesome you guys. too, Damien. Yes. Love the work yep. that you do, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, you guys are, awesome. are mentors for me, so thank you. So, all right, good night, boys. Have a have a wonderful rest of your evening. Have a great night. Thank right. you, guys. All right. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thank you. Have a great night, boys. The Chiropractic Trust has been created to protect, preserve, advance, develop, and adamantly defend practices of straight chiropractors who focus strictly on the location, analysis, and facilitation of correction of vertebral subluxation and ensuring that the choice of straight chiropractic care is made available to all humankind throughout their entire lives. The views of the interviewees do not necessarily represent those of the Chiropractic Trust.